This is the World War II Radio Podcast. A date which will live in infamy. This is London. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Go ahead, Berlin. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Welcome to the World War II Radio Podcast. This week we have an episode of Treasury Star Parade, entitled The Modern Scrooge, and starring Lionel Barrymore and Frederick March. Treasury Star Parade was a production of the U.S. Treasury Department that encouraged the purchase of war bonds during World War II. The show was syndicated across the country, and this episode aired on various dates during December 1942. The World War II Radio Podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production. If you enjoy the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And now, on to this week's episode. The Treasury Star Parade. Produced under the personal direction of William A. Bacher with David Brokeman and his orchestra, Frederick March, J. Donald Wilson, and Lionel Barrymore in Noel Houston and Joseph Roskell's version of a modern Scrooge. This is Frederick March, ladies and gentlemen, in another of the programs brought to you by the Treasury Department. How many of you remember Dickens' A Christmas Carol? You all do, of course. Well, today we've got a story for you that's a little reminiscent of it. Our central character is old Jeb Creaker, the biggest grouch in Mohawk, a Scrooge. Skin flint. In short, a trying neighbor. I am what I am. The biggest tire dealer this side of Glen Cove Springs. And by my own efforts. Jeb never married, of course. Women? <laughs> he had his own ideas about them. Ain't worth their keep, if you want to know my opinion. Twilight baseball? I voted again it, and by gad, I'll do it again. Mrs. Appleby's dog? Ought to lock him up. Muzzle won't do. I'll go to court about that. And as to war bonds, well, just listen. Pete Brady, the postmaster, was incautious enough to mention the matter while Jeb was stopping by for his mail one day. Now, you mind your own business, Pete Brady, and let me take care of mine. All right, all right, Jeb. Consider I never mentioned it. Just ask because, well, you're about the only one in town hasn't. Now take Jim Millock here. Just bought his fifth. Sixth, Pete. Darn good items to collect these days. Best investment in the world. <laughs> Loosen up, Jeb. You can afford it. Buy and sell the town if you want to. You keep out of this, Jim Millick. Like you know what I can afford. How'd you like to be in tires? Priorities, Lord. Besides, I didn't ask for this war. Didn't any of us ask for it, Jeb. But I reckon we better have the answer for it. Only takes eighteen seventy-five for a war bond, Jeb. Only? That'll buy a lot of things. Uncle Sam's a-needin' mighty bad. Such as? Well, such as army shoes and socks, I reckon. Warm gloves, maybe. Machine gun cartridges. Buy all that for who? Some soldier. Maybe for your own nephew, Pearly, Jeb. Now, you leave my nephew out of this. The less said about that scamp, the better. And, and since you're so smart, I'll tell you something else. 1875 will buy. It'll pay my grocery bill for a month. It'll buy me a new drain pipe for the house. Two tons of coal. Three pairs of shoes. New upper teeth. <laughs> War bond. <laughs> All the way home, Jeb kept muttering to himself. And when he got home, he was still boiling. He sank wearily into a parlor chair and talked a blue streak to himself. You see, Jeb lived alone. He ate alone, slept alone, planned alone, and talked to himself. <laughs> My nephew, Pearlie. 
If David hadn't been so free with his money, he wouldn't have left Furley without no money when he died. None of my responsibility. Only 1875. Only. <laughs> and that's the way the evening went. Outside, a storm was coming up, and Jeb Creeker prepared to go to bed. He put on his nightshirt, turned down the covers. But before he turned out the lady did a strange thing. He counted out $18.75 from his wallet, laid it on his night table, and stared at it intently, <laughs> grumbling all the while. Only. <laughs> That's a heap of money. There was a distant rumble of thunder, and Jeb shivered. Turned off the light, climbed into his creaky bed. Ah, uh, sure. <clears throat> Another thing, 1875 would buy a new set of springs for this bed. Oh. And uh. with that, Jeb Creeker was off to sleep and his dreams. But uh, Jeb had eaten cucumbers for supper, and they never did agree with him. Fine priority. Pearly. <laughs> Jeb Creeker! Huh? What's that? Ah, must be dreaming. There isn't much time. There isn't much time. Who's in this room? Who are you? Ah, it, it must be the wind. No time. No time. No time. Say, who are you? Why do you keep on saying that? Don't you know me, Jeb? No, no, no. You recognize me, Jim? Uh, you look like... Nice. Yes, I am. No, 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 no. You can't be. Not David. Yes, <laughs> David. Your brother, David. But you're dead. You can't come back like this, David. It's indecent. Thirteen years. I had to come back, Jim. My boy, Pearly. Yes, 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 yes. It's a fine lad. A fine lad. <laughs> you didn't take care of him, even though you gave me your solemn promise on my deathbed. Davy, listen to me now, please. Don't be hard on me, David. You know I ain't got much. Priorities and all got me. Don't come near me, David. Don't come near me. Don't you touch me. Get away from that table. Leave my money alone. You didn't do right by my boy, Pearly. What's all this got to do with my 1875? What's one thing got to do with... Everything, Jeb. Everything. Hey, come back here with that money. Come back here. There's no time. No time. Help! Help! Please! Jeb, in hot pursuit, scrambled out of his bed after the strange apparition, out of the window and into the night. Stop me! Stop me! No time. No time. No silly answer. My feet! As Jeb cried out with pain, he realized in grave dismay... That he was running through the streets in his bare feet, wearing only his nightshirt. I can't look at me. But he couldn't stop now. On and on they went, until they came to a beautiful white building with a high dome. And David flew up an enormous flight of stairs. After him, panted a winded Jeb. <laughs> stop. Stop, I said. Up, up until he was ready to collapse. The steps seemed to reach to heaven. And at the top, Jeb caught his breath and looked about him. Where is he? Where did he go? Jack. This is the United States Congress. And me and my nightshirt. Suffering cats. Suddenly, he saw his eerie brother dart into a vast room filled with men in tumultuous debate. Jeb didn't dare go in. He was hardly dressed for the occasion. And I say to you, the Army Appropriation is in peril. 
We must get more money. This bill is in grave danger. The bill must pass. The safety of our country is at stake. It must go through. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen of the Congress, I have here $18.75 of Jeff Krieger's to be appropriated. No, 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 stop. He stole that money. It's mine. Thank God. There stood Jeb behind the door in split nightshirt and bare feet, screaming furious. Why don't somebody listen to me? That's my money, and I want it back. I protest. I protest. Old Jeb Creeker was protest. fit to be tied. The bill passed. A slip of paper was given to David, who sped off like the wind. A night-shirted Jeb on his coattails, racing through space again. David, wait! On and on, until finally they arrived at a huge, unlighted building. A silent, sprawling giant. David raced silently through the high gates. By the time a weary Jeb entered... The building was suddenly ablaze with lights, and the voice of the foreman could be heard shouting excitedly to his men. All right, boys. Messengers just arrived from Congress. The new appropriation's been passed. Speed her up. We've got to turn out cartridges and how. Percussion cap. Butter igniter. Speed her up. Hurry, hurry. It's getting late. David, why did you do this to me? Shell bag, Speed her up! Speed her up! David! I wrong, I admit it. I did neglect fairly, but I ain't got much priorities, no. Hurry, hurry, it's late, it's late. Lubricating lead. Brass case. Brass case. Brass case. Hurry, foreman, hurry. There isn't much time. Okay, here's the first box of cartridges. Just off the assembly line. It's yours. No, no, don't take it. That's my money. He stole it. But off again flew the ghost that was David with a desperate jab at his heels. And they seemed to be flying right into the storm. On and on they raced. And soon a heavy mist appeared. And then it turned to dust and smoke. And the earth became charred. And barbed wire was everywhere. And suddenly there was a whistling sound, a roar. And the world around them exploded in an inferno of cannon and machine gun fire. Hurley! Hurley! David! David! Not too late. This is a battle. Well, what are we doing here in my nightshirt? For God's sake, answer me. Hey, hey, you guys back there. Hurry up with those cartridges. Who's that? What's keeping you? Bring up those bullets. I know that voice. Who is it? Look, over there, Jim. See that machine gun nest? Those dead bodies lying around? And look, that gunner, all alone. His machine gun empty. What are you doing? It's Pearly. It's Pearly. Hurry up with that ammunition. He's calling for bullets, man alive. Why aren't you taking the bullets? I haven't got any bullets. Yes, you have right in that box. Not anymore, Jeb. Look. Money. Your money. Greenback. Yours. Silver. Yours. 1875. Take it. Hurry. Hurry. But I don't want the money here. Take it and give me the bullets. I'm sorry, Jeb. Money can't buy bullets on a battlefield. Hurry. For God's sake, hurry! But we can't stand here and watch him die, Davy. He's your son. He's my own flesh and blood. He can't fight without bullets. Even if we had him, who'd take him to him? I would. I'd crawl to him. Yes, I would. I'll crawl to him. Then, whichever you want most, you'll find in that box, Jeb Creeker. Goodbye. No, don't go, Davy. Don't go and leave hurry. me here alone in this 
Hold it. Hold on, Pearlie. Hold on. I'm coming, boy. I'm bringing you your cartridges, boy. See? Here they are. I'm bringing them. Here they are, boy. Here's your bullets. Take them. I thought you'd never get here, Uncle Jeb. Thank God you made it in time. Now watch me. Ah, that's it, boy. Give it to him. Give him a hassle. Give him a hassle. Any mail for me this morning, Pete? Well, let's see, Jim. Millock, Millock. No, not a thing. Morning, Jeb Krieger. Oh, morning, Jeb. Morning. Looking kind of peaky, Jeb. Have a bad night? Yeah, something I had, I guess. Hey, Pete, here's a package I want to send out to my nephew, Pearly. Some warm gloves and socks and such. Why, Jeb? Oh, what in thunder you gaping at? Can't I look out for my own kith and kin without you gawking? Uh, I want you to fix me up about $500 worth of them war bonds. $500? Look, and look here. Don't you go telling everybody i gone soft. This is strictly a present for my nephew, Pearlie. Mm-hmm. I'm still keeping my money in the family. You never said truer words, Jeb. It's being kept in the family. Yes... Jeb Creeker's the finest old guy in Mohawk these days. And don't let his gruffness fool you for a minute. I am what I am. The best air warden this side of Glen Cove Springs. Twilight baseball? Wonderful sport. Wonderful. Good for the morale. Mrs. Appleby's dog? Nicest mutton town. Well curbed. And as for war bonds, just listen. Darn good items to collect these days. Best investment in the world. I'm getting in on them. I wished all you would. Yes, the purchase of war bonds has become the most important objective in the life of Jeb Creeker and millions of other Americans who are now investing at least 10% or more of their total incomes in war bonds and stamps. Ten percent or more of your income invested in war bonds and stamps is your personal quota. Put your fighting dollars out there on the battlefront beside our fighting men. Join a payroll savings plan where you work and pledge yourself to top that ten percent today. This is Larry Elliott speaking, and may I remind you again that this is your country. Keep it yours. United States Treasury Department thanks the distinguished artists who gave their talents to this performance. Mr. Frederick March, Mr. Lionel Barrymore, the Hollywood Victory Committee, through whose courtesy these appearances are made possible, and this station for the use of its facilities. The orchestra and chorus were under the direction of David Brokeman, production by William A. Bacher, and this is Paul Douglas speaking.